When we saw Bengals Chiefs on the schedule at the start of the year, we expected this to be a late season fireworks kind of game that lost a little bit of its luster. It feels a little bit different this year. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, football fans? It's another crossover here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Bengals Chiefs. I'm Jake Lisko from Lockdown Bengals. He's Ryan Tracy from Lockdown Chiefs. Here to get you caught up on the biggest stories, biggest matchups, and biggest things to watch as the Bengals go to Arrowhead for a Jim Nance, Tony Romo game that doesn't really feel <laughs> like a Jim Nance, Tony Romo game. If you're new to Lockdown, you can find Lockdown Bengals, Lockdown Chiefs on our corresponding YouTube channels or podcasts. Uh, feeds anywhere you get your podcasts, the crossover episodes, of course, brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play da- daily fantasy sports. Just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL. You'll get a first deposit match up to $100. And Ryan, this game sure does feel different to me this year. No Joe Burrow involved. The Chiefs coming off one of their worst games, Patrick Mahomes' worst games and his his career honestly <laughs> and what's what's going on what's the biggest story with the Chiefs right now <laughs> there's still fire but it seems to be underneath both of our teams right and this this reminds me uh, a couple years ago folks if you don't remember Jake and I did locked on NFL show every week and it was a lot of games that we had to talk about that didn't really have the emphasis that they used to have that's kind of where we're at now it's still a fight these two Teams have to beat each other. They're both in must-win situations, just for a whole lot different stakes. This is not what we thought was going to be who gets the one seed when the season started, and that's really what I had circled for this ballgame. It is still just as paramount to survival for them because the fire is underneath and it's starting to get turned up, certainly in Kansas City, and I'll bet it is just as much in Cincinnati. So the question comes back to who's still got something that they can throw on the fire and raise their level of play, either get into the playoffs for the Bengals or try to fight back and maintain that number three seed right now because number one's out the door in Kansas City. Everybody has to be doing it, and the quarterbacks are just the tip of the iceberg. And how does that feel? I mean, obviously, we'll we'll talk about what's at stake for the Bengals as well, but just just sticking with the, the big story for the Chiefs for the first time in recent history, the AFC will not go through Kansas City. I guess... Technically, there was that year the Titans were the one seed, but the Bengals did the Chiefs a favor of knocking them out so that they could host the AFC title game. But uh, that didn't matter at the time. It has been something that has been certainly beneficial to the Chiefs, not having to go on the road in the playoffs, which could change this year. Or does that inherently change if you're the three seed? Maybe not. Maybe there's a slim chance they still play at home. But how's that feeling? You know, it works right now. The Chiefs have have felt like they've played with more edge on the road this season. Uh, They just feel a little bit like waiting for something to happen when they're at home, uh, whether it's Mahomes or or something else. So that kind of uh, us against them mentality, being surrounded, I think is probably a good thing. And I'm all for new things. Uh, Pat Mahomes has not had to play on the road before, so we might as well get that out of the way. And as they retool for next season, and and hopefully there's a run in here somewhere, but the future has to be about being able to be adaptable and being more well-rounded and not having to play at home in order to get it done. So 
I'm all for giving it a shot. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm here for it. Uh, it's so interesting that this is the first time that he's really fit. I mean, I guess, again, he was facing that possibility in 2021, but not not quite to this degree, right? It would have been interesting right. then, too, but it's it's going to be interesting. The storyline is going to be huge whenever he does play his first road playoff game. And the, and the playoffs, certainly, the expectation for the Chiefs, despite the way the season has gone, there's still lofty expectations there. The Bengals internally will tell you that those expectations are still there in Cincinnati after they won three in a row against AFC South and NFC opponents and, and the Vikings and, and Colts and Jaguars. They still felt like they could put a run together with Jake Browning at quarterback, but with the deficiencies they've shown on defense and the margin of error being so reduced without Joe Burrow at quarterback and then without DJ Reader, your centerpiece nose tackle, and then without Jamar Chase, your best offensive weapon. It's it's a combination of AFC North Steelers opponent being very familiar with what the Bengals want to do and that going poorly for them in three in, in two out of their last five games. And then just attrition catching up, I think, to some degree. And against another team that plays playoff style defense, the Steve Spagnola defense, is, that's what they're designed for. It feels real tight for the Bengals right now. Yeah. They did just get Cam Taylor Britt back. That, I think, is a big deal. The secondary has been struggling, but still not sure about Jamar Chase early in the week as we record this episode early on Wednesday. Still not sure about that key status. And, and then losing DJ Reader, like they need something else on defense. So can the Chiefs run the ball this week? Can they take that pressure off of Mahomes and those receivers that seem to be in a real funk right now? That's my first thought when I think about this game, because the Bengals out the middle have been soft lately. Well, and the Chiefs need to because we know what the history is around the edges and the Chiefs offensive tackles have been struggling as well. So the answer is running between the tackles and trying to take advantage of that. Even if, if Reader was in, you still had to try to do it because you can't really expose Mahomes any more th than you have. So to these tackles that... Wanting Morris is going to get his third start. That's <clears throat> the way that it's leaning right now. I, I don't see Donovan Smith being back in the lineup. Even if he is, he's been a, a turnstile to this point in this season. So you're not seeing an upgrade there. And, and what we've seen past matchups has always been about, can you flush Mahomes? Can you make him make a mistake? And that's been the story of this entire year. Whereas the interior three has been getting a little bit better push. They've been running power in the, in the run game to better effect. And if they can double down on that, I think they certainly have to. The question is, are they willing to make the commitment against a team that they really want to put some numbers up on? I just don't know that they're capable this time out. What, what's going on with Patrick Mahomes? Though? Like, is this, I mean, it's the worst game you ever played, right? I mean, by, by most yeah. standards, it seems to be consensus. I, I, I'm not just saying this to, to stir the pot, but I, I could stir the pot by saying, like, do you miss Orlando Brown when you're playing? Wanya, you Wanya could. I, I don't know. You tell me. You got a quarterback on the bench, so I'm not so sure they miss him much at all. To tell you, yeah, that truth. was a problem with the right tackle, but you know, it is what it is. Hey, either way, uh, you, there's certainly some back and forth there, right? But honestly, his worst game, and I think what's happened is because of all these external things, the wide receiver room being so young, and honestly, the veterans that are there not producing has turned into like that that Atlas guy with the weight of the world on his shoulder, and that's where Mahomes really is. He's pushing. He's making mistakes. He's trying to do too much. One interception there was was clearly so late in the play that he might as well airmailed it to the guy 
it, it was just a poor decision path because he's constantly looking to make something happen because there's much else going on. If he just settles down, gets back to hitting the ball out on time, that's what we've been preaching all week is that you just got to get back to basics. Don't mess around. Take an eight-yard slant and run with it. You don't have to make the big chunk. You don't have the personnel to help you anymore. We'll see if Pat is actually listening or not. So are teams like playing single high and daring them to throw deep right now? Or is it is, are, are they still getting played the same way and, and teams are trying to keep stuff in front, but there's big game hunting happening despite that? It, it's a mixture of zones is what we've seen the last few weeks where they're trying to, to bait and what uh, you'll get single high sometimes, but it's generally going to be in the cover three is what we've seen of late. And they're just waiting and waiting and waiting because nobody seems to be uh, hmm. able to make separation if they're in, in, a, in a two-man look, can't get loose underneath. And the, the experienced receivers are running through open zones rather than sitting down. They're, they're, they're not aware of the leverage the DBs have on them. And so you're getting these little stray drop passes, miss passes that should be completions in any other season but just aren't clicking right now. That's got to be frustrating. We'll continue to dig into these matchups and some of the guys that need to step up on both sides for this, for, for either team, really, to find their footing after corresponding tough games. We'll get into those matchups coming up next. Prize picks right now, the biggest platform for daily fantasy sports in North America. You guys want to get into it. I certainly do. It's the easiest and most exciting way for you to play DFS. And it's not just you against the numbers. You don't have to deal with the other players, pros or the like. It makes life super simple. They give you a line. You just choose whether you think it's more or you think it's less. Higher, lower, that is it. You put two to six players together in an actual entry and you're out in 60 seconds. You can say, is... Jamar Chase is going to get four touches. Well, first, he's going to have to make sure that he's in the ballgame. Can Mahomes settle down and not throw an interception? That's going to be another line in this game. I personally feel like the number that I want to go for is taking a look at what Clyde Edwards-Alaire is able to do because he will be in a backup role, and I like his number above 45 yards. So if you want to get in this action, all you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use our code LOCKEDONNFL, and you'll get 100% back on a hundred dollar deposit so you put in a hundred dollars you get a hundred dollars from prize picks makes life super simple and that's at prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and you use the code locked on nfl it's over at prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy today's show is also brought to you by schultz jewelers schultz jewelers is a one-stop shop for anything jewelry this holiday season maybe you know exactly what you're looking for the right diamond to pop the question this holiday season maybe you're looking for a pendant, earrings, bracelet. They have it all. And maybe you don't know what you're looking for. Well, that's fine because owner Matt Schultz and his team, they've been in business for 70 years. They've celebrated uh, recently their 70th anniversary. So happy anniversary to them. And they can make that perfect piece for you because they do custom designs as well. We're talking about a modern jewelry store from unique custom designs to top rated permanent jewelry. They are a one-stop shop for you. There's no one like Schultz Jewelers. So check them out right now at 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell, five minutes from the bridge into Kentucky or online at schulzdiamonds.com. That's schultzdiamonds.com. We know the Bengals strive for perfection. Schultz Jewelers does too, because when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz Jewelers. Let's talk matchups, Ryan. When you look at this game from a Chiefs perspective, obviously there's a lot of discourse around just the Chiefs getting back to being the Chiefs. But when you look at this particular game, what's the big matchup that stands out to you the most? You know, the one that I want to see, and, and I want 
Chase to be healthy for because the Jerry Sneed is playing at such a high level that I want to see them go at each other. Uh, we've seen in the past that uh, there's been other players on the Chiefs defensive secondary that's been gotten by Jamar Chase. And I want to see the best on the best, but I don't know the status of his shoulder injury. I believe it's a shoulder. Um, so mm-hmm. if he's not 100%, then, hey, we're going to go without it. But that's a matchup that I'm looking for. Obviously, the tackles against the, the edges and, honestly, the stunts, and maybe just against Lou in the whole game is what I'm going to be watching to try to settle down the offense on the Chiefs side. But for me, I'm trying to attract attack your young quarterback as well. And I think that's going to come down mostly to Trent McDuffie on the blitz and see Spagnuolo knowing when to send it. What's the yeah, big one so for you? Well, Trent McDuffie and Jamar Chase is the marquee DB wide receiver matchup from my perspective, just thinking back to the first time those guys went at it. And the play that will stick with me until Jamar gets one on McDuffie is there, there's a couple of instances where McDuffie just presses him to the sideline. And it was so hard to press Jamar Chase that entire year. And then Trent McDuffie, as a rookie, is out there, you know, the, the criticism on him was a short arms issue, right? And is out there uh-huh. getting into Jamar Chase and literally pressing him to the boundary and like out of bounds and just removing him from a play. Was really impressed with McDuffie in, in that particular instance. But from a Bengals perspective, it's you, you mentioned Lou against Pat and, and Lou against Andy Reid, Anna Rumo, the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, and 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 that schematic issue that that has seemed to have Patrick Mahomes number pretty often. And, and is always something that's interesting to see what Lou's going to have, what buttons he's going to push when. But without Jesse Bates and Von Bell back there, those buttons that he's been pressing this year, the levers he's been pulling on defense have not been as effective as consistently. I think that they are missing that that veteran presence at safety. And, and honestly, Jesse Bates playing like an all-pro this year, a, a talent level at safety that we underestimated in Cincinnati going into the season where they had invested a first-round pick in Dax Hill. They They invested a third round pick in Jordan battle. They signed a free agent in Nick Scott. None of those guys have really credit to Jordan battle. He, he's done a valiant job of, of replacing what they got from Von Bell, but they, they've had a significant drop off in the secondary in general. Cam Taylor Britt's return this week, I think is, is, is important to try to keep Patrick Mahomes frustrated with what he's getting from his receivers, try to keep the receivers off balance. That is a challenge. Uh, the other one that, that you mentioned that I think is, is, Certainly an interesting one. You talk about McDuffie blitzing for the Bengals. That's, of course, Mike Hilton, his impact in the run game, his impact as a blitzer from the slot. But they need to get better play from the defensive line overall. That interior of the Chiefs offensive line is scary, frankly, for what they've gotten from their defensive line lately in run defense. And on the other side, you could say Wanya Morris, Trey Hendrickson for the Chiefs should be terrifying in pass protection because – Hendrickson, one of the best pass rushers in the league this year, going against Wanya Morris, should be making life a little bit difficult at times, yeah. I would hope. And and that's something else I'm watching. But, and the interesting thing is that with Pacheco going out with a concussion, and we understand that he's on the, the road to recovery, and we think that he, there's a possibility he'll be available. But it will be Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who in the chief stable of running backs is the worst pass protector that they have available. So there's going to have to be a changing in the guard. Uh, really, the, the smallest guy in the Chiefs, uh, running back room is Jarek McKinnon. He is not available. Uh, went to IR kind of out of nowhere prior to the mm-hmm. last ball game. So he will not be there. And he is the best pass protector uh, out of that backfield. Without him, you have to question. Uh, what I've been talking about is maybe the Chiefs going jumbo a little bit, 
trying to get that sixth offensive lineman out there and just create more of a wall so Patrick can deliver the ball, hit a three-step drop, and get it out. We'll have to see. It's not something that he really likes to do, but he may be forced to because protecting and helping Juan Morris has got to be job number one on that offensive line. And Travis Kelsey is obviously a huge weapon in the passing game and is not known for his blocking either. It's not like you're keeping Kelsey in to block, but do they go to 12 personnel? Is that something that is, is a, a piece of ammunition that Andy Reid could deploy this week to just try to get some tight end help over there? It certainly is, and they've uh, they've been ramping that up a little bit as uh, the, the question marks at wide receiver have gone on. Uh, it's a little bit hit or miss. No Gray is it's more of an H-back type than he is anything mm-hmm. else, and uh, Blake Bell, they get out on the field uh, pretty regularly, but really too little uh, positive effect. If anything, he's probably been a net negative on the season. So it, trying to get somebody blocked with Noah Gray is always an interesting one. He really is a a delay-type receiver rather than a, a crunch it down. He'll run a wham block from time to time. That might be something that they want to look at, but I don't know that he's going to help on yet a ton. So I do expect some short rollouts to the right-hand side to try to get away from Anderson and it really helped Wani out. That would make sense to me to, to try to exploit the right side of the field where th- there is a stunt. You mentioned stunts. There is one stunt in particular that's been very effective for the Bengals this year, which is Sam Harvard and B.J. Hill uh, on, on a little power stunt, right guard, right tackle, try to just put those guys in conflict and and just d- disrupt the, with space, and that's led to B.J. Hill getting loose a couple times on, on the inside of that stunt. Um but Sam Hubbard not necessarily having a great season as a pass rusher, not having a great season overall. He's still largely the same solid player for the Bengals that he has been over his career. But he's had a bunch of matchups with backup right tackles this year and hasn't really had the pass rushing productivity to show for it. And Jawan Taylor embattled this year, certainly, as the Bengals or as as the uh, Chiefs big signing a tackle to mirror the Bengals big signing of Orlando Brown on the other side but that is a, a side where oh maybe Jawan Taylor is not such a concern this week or maybe he's not a concern for you at all what, what's your thought there he always is only because there's such a very vast difference in the athleticism that he and Trey Smith have and Trey Smith is mm-hmm. a very good right guard but he's not the quickest of foot. He does not get out of his stance nearly as quick as Juwan Taylor does. And that's what Taylor's game remains to rely on. And unfortunately, what ends up happening, especially when he's either timing the the snap correctly or, or God forbid, he leaves a little bit early. Not that 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 ever happens. Can't do that. That's not allowed. Uh, (laughs) He's he's into his kick so fast that it actually opens up a little bit more of a gap between Trey's outside shoulder and Juwan's inside shoulder. And it has been letting some teams – try to use that as a fulcrum to attack with. And especially if you're on a delay, uh, preferably uh, an end tackle delay, you're going to have an opportunity to come off that hip and really have a little bit more room to maneuver. So it's something that uh, I've definitely been watching. And I'm maybe this might be something that helps Hubbard be a little bit more productive this week. I, I think that they'll probably emphasize that pretty well. Yeah. Coming up next, we'll get into what needs to go right for each of these teams to win. A lot needs to go right on the offensive side of the ball, I think, for both teams. Uh, Coming off of some pretty disappointing offensive performances in Week 16, we'll get into those topics and more coming up next. Today's episode of Crossover, Locked 
on Chiefs Locked on Bengals is sponsored by LinkedIn, who knows that when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. You want to have them available to you quickly. You don't necessarily have the time to do a big job search with your limited resources in your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals with a B that makes it the best place to hire. It's easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So when you're in a time crunch and you need that quality candidate quickly, LinkedIn has you covered. It's intuitive. It's quick. It's easy. Right now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn dot com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Ryan, let's talk about what has to go right for these teams. A lot has been made about both offenses where Jake Browning struggles well chronicled against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals defense. It has been a strength, a, a complimentary aspect of that football team has been a letdown more often than not really this year. They're one of the worst ranked defenses in the league statistically in a bunch of categories, but both teams actually have had similar surprisingly shockingly to me, similar outputs and overall scoring this year. There's a single one point per game difference in points for, for the chiefs and the Bengals this year. What needs to go right for the Kansas city chiefs to win? For the chiefs is they got to buckle down and stop giving the ball away. Uh, part of why that that offensive number is down is because the number of turnovers has been ridiculous. And, and honestly, a lot of it is on Mahomes. Um, There's even while he he had two turnovers last week, there was a third that could have been uh, very very close to being called the opposite way and would have counted as well. There's just too many mistakes that end drives, and that's the bottom line. They have to be at this point a little bit more reticent to. Uh, just punt the ball away and stop pushing to the point that you give good field position. Obviously, against the Raiders last week, Chiefs gave up two uh, instant conversions for points. Uh, but they have put the defense in some very tough situations all season long. If they can get past that and just run their offense to the point of, of success or not success, as long as they're not turning the ball over, that will be job number one in making sure that they're able to not put themselves at a disadvantage if they have to play catch up. Yeah, for the Bengals, it's been such an issue when they get behind, and you've seen this against the Steelers, and they've had these turnovers. It's a similar point for Jake Browning and the Bengals, where when you take care of the ball, things seem to go a lot better. But what's made it easier for him to take care of the ball is when they've had an efficient running game. And they did get down against Minnesota. They had to come back in a negative game script there. But other than that, they've either had a lead or they've been hanging with teams. And so they need to have that early success or at least prevent the Chiefs from having early success. So on one side of the ball, they need to have early success so that they're not getting down. This isn't a game where a few years ago I would I was saying things like, well, the Bengals aren't going to hold the Chiefs to, to zero second half points again or whatever it is. They, they can't get out there and be down 21-0 at halftime again. And then the Bengals did manage to overcome that again. I, I, I'm not... I'm much more confident this year in saying that if you get down early to the to the Chiefs in this one with the improvements that they've got on defense with Chris Jones over there doing his thing with the improvements at corner and Jake Browning at quarterback, it feels a lot tougher to get back into it. At the same time, you point out turnovers, and, and that's such a huge deal for both teams. 
you've got the the tied for worst team in turnover differential in the Chiefs this year, minus 10. And the Bengals last week were negative, which knocks them out of their tie for first. But now they're tied for, I mean, technically fourth, but it's the second most behind a group of teams at plus 10 and mm-hmm. plus eight in turnover differential this year. And so take care of the ball. If you can create turnovers, if you're the Bengals, that's obviously a huge deal to take some pressure off of your offense. The other thing that to me is a huge deal for the Bengals is finding a way to run the ball efficiently early. They're not running the ball more necessarily with Jake Browning, even though the, the raw number of rushes might reflect that. If you look in neutral situations, you know, first, first and 10, second and, you know, six or whatever it is. And the scores within seven points or so either way, they're running the ball at about the same clip that they were when Joe Burrow is a quarterback. They're, they're passing at 60% of the time. So it's having those efficient runs to keep the defenses honest, to let you do the play action stuff you want to do, the boot stuff you want to do, to take the pressure off of the tackles and, and defensive ends flying upfield and pinning their ears back. These things all seem to matter a lot for this offense right now where they need to play a complete game. They can't just lean on their quarterback the way that they're used to being able to do when they need to when it was Joe Burrow back there, right? And I mean, the Chiefs are a great point in showing that that doesn't always work anyway uh, when when enough is going wrong around it right now. But this is the first non-backup quarterback the Bengals will have played for quite a while too. For, for a while when we're talking about the Bengals' remaining schedule, like, well, yeah, the Bengals are playing a backup, but they're playing against a backup too. And it was always, except for that one game against the Kansas City Chiefs and the backup they're not playing is Patrick Mahomes, who despite results this year, is still pretty good. Well, I will say this. Uh, the guys that he's throwing to outside of Kelsey and maybe rookie Rasheed Rice are all back up level. So it's not quite the same impact as well. So there is a, a dipping down there. And I will also say, uh, last week, the, the the Vegas Raiders were able to run on the Chiefs pretty well um, to a 2 on 145 on the ground uh, for a backup there. Uh, now, yeah. the Chiefs generally are going to let you do that. They're, they're not going to be too concerned. They're going to play the long game that if you have to run the ball to win, that they're going to let you. Uh, and they're not going to be totally focused on that. In the aftermath of what was a pretty poor performance against the run, they might lock that down a little bit. Uh, and depending on Chase's presence, I, I think they feel comfortable being able to take away Higgins if, if he's alone. But that changes things if Chase is on the field then I think you might get a chance to open it up. And if the Chiefs do give up some yardage on the ground, that might snowball on them. They may uh, get back to the blitz pretty heavy. They've been mixing in a lot more linebacker-level blitzes rather than just the uh, classic secondary blitzes that Steve Spagnuolo always runs. And so there's mm-hmm. a little bit more versatility this year in who is coming, but they may have to get to that earlier than they hope to. Not feeling a lot of confidence from you, Ryan, in a game where the Chiefs are, are still seven-point favorites, I believe. As of Wednesday, what's your feeling about this game? Do, are, are you, like, nervous about it? Is there, is there concern there after after rough performance? Because you talk about teams running on the Chiefs lately. I mean, teams are running on the Steelers, too, and the Bengals just couldn't do it. So I, I don't know how much mm. past weeks really matter. I'm very much in a week-to-week mentality right now, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. But is, is there some genuine concern that, that I'm feeling, or am I, am I misreading your perspective right now? No, you're absolutely right. This this is uh this is uncharted territory for Patrick Mahomes with so much uh, so many personal mistakes on his plate, and a young roster. We haven't seen them be in this position where they're scrapping and fighting, and we don't know the reaction when they're backed in the corner because there's so much youth on this particular roster. So, how do they respond? It's a question mark still, 
And I think this game will go a long way towards making me feel better. But right now, yeah, I'm, I'm not overly confident. Uh, we've seen them throw games away, uh, like last week against an inferior opponent that they had no business losing to. So when you have an actual roster that minus the, the injured quarterback and maybe the star receiver is still a, a playoff quality team top to bottom, yeah, that makes me a little bit nervous. I still think that they can pull this out if they just lock themselves down. But, uh, yeah, it's not uh, it's not the cakewalk that I usually feel. I think you're, you're going to see the Bengals. Th- there's a good chance that they get up for this game after a letdown last week, that the rivalry history is still there. All the guys in the locker room still feel the rivalry, I think, even though Joe Burrow isn't going to be a quarterback in this one. So hoping to see that energy there, that they've gone into Arrowhead, they've had – some success there at least. And after seeing what happened last week with the Raiders going into Arrowhead and doing what they do, I know division games are weird and and that is a factor. I think that you shouldn't overlook, but there's a reason that the Bengals can at least be a little bit confident and say, look, if we can play a clean game, we, we have a chance to steal one here, but I do think that it would be stealing one. I do think that it is a very tough deal to go into a team that is also coming off a bad loss, looking for answers. Although they haven't necessarily found them lately, and it's pretty late in the season to be looking for answers. More often than not, though, the Chiefs have found them. So I, I am interested to see how the Bengals respond in this one, but I do think it will be very tough. We'll have you covered with game previews on Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Bengals as well. We've got one more episode this week on each of those shows before the games themselves. So until then, we appreciate you checking out this crossover on the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure you check out those game previews coming to you tomorrow.